0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm
1: Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Ohio talking about the cruel murder of a young college student.
0: Then we'll discuss the torture and murder of an intellectually disabled woman. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Buckeye State.
1: According to healthresearchfunding.org, the total number of registered sex offenders that are currently in the United States is approximately 747,000. Rapists repeat their offenses at rates up to 35% and around 24% of those serving time for rape had been on probation or parole at the time of their repeat offense. Those statistics are grossly too high. Probation looks different from state to state and county to county, but we at least hope it means that sex offenders are closely monitored, at least by a probation officer. Sex offenders are supposed to be registered, but even if they are... What does that really mean? We rely on the system to do what we cannot, to keep criminals in check and to help keep us safe. In the case I'm about to tell you about, the system did not do what it was supposed to do. There isn't just one, but multiple systematic failures that led to a brutal murder. It should never take a death to raise awareness of the existing laws and policies that may put us in danger. So this case was suggested to us by listener Abby M. from Ohio. Reagan Delaney Tokes was born on March 13, 1995 in Edgewood, Kentucky, but she was raised in Toledo, Ohio. So Toledo is the northwest part of the state at the western tip of Lake Erie. The population is 270,871. And its nickname is the Glass City. Reagan graduated from Anthony Wayne High School with a 4.5 GPA in 2013. That's pretty, pretty high. Yeah. In high school, she played varsity tennis and lacrosse. She was described as being ambitious, kind, and vibrant. After she graduated, her parents moved to Florida, but she stayed in Ohio to attend Ohio State University in Columbus. Columbus is the capital and most populous city in Ohio with a population of 905,748. That's pretty big.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: And nearly 60,000 of those attend OSU. So that's a big it's a college. Town. That is a big college. Yeah. Reagan started out as a pre-med major, but later on she switched to psychology. In 2017, when she was about to graduate, she planned on working at the Cleveland Clinic but she eventually wanted to open up her own practice. During her senior year, she lived in an off-campus apartment with four of her friends named Jackie, Madison, Kirsten, and Stephanie. She worked part-time at a lively gastro pub called Bodega near the German Village neighborhood of Columbus. In late January and early February of 2017, an unidentified man had been terrorizing women in German Village. So on the first occasion, he followed the woman and attacked her from behind. He hit her five or six times in the face, but he was covering his face with something so they didn't get a look, good look at who he was. The second time, he threatened a woman with a knife and told her he was going to kill her. She screamed out, which likely scared him off, but he took her purse with him. Three more attacks took place, and he started using a gun to threaten the women. He would approach them from behind and tell them that he'd kill them if they didn't give him their purse. But in one instance, he hit the woman on the side of the face with the butt of the gun and cracked her teeth. Oh, shit. Yeah. On the night of February 8th, 2018, around 9.45 p.m., Reagan was getting off work and walking to her car when all of a sudden a man forced her into her car at gunpoint and abducted her.
0: Can I just say, if somebody ever forced me in my car, we got about we got about 20 miles till I run out of gas. <laughs> I never have gas in my car. So just if you're listening and you're thinking about oh, mugging no. me and still in my car, we're not going to get very far.
1: You know what? We I mean, might as well run to where we're going. <laughs> I wouldn't mention that either to them. like. Right, unless you're, well, if you're in a back road, that's one thing. But if you're on the interstate and you run out of gas,
0: oopsie! <laughs> like, sorry, my gas light's on. But why I can't. It's not my fault. Sorry, you're yeah. you're, you're about to be real mad. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> so here's the thing: I'm not trying to stall. Yeah, but, but I'm almost out of gas, sir.
1: I I wonder what would happen if
0: if you run out of gas. It probably
1: this guy not trying to. St- No spoilers, but he probably would. It wouldn't be good either way.
0: It would probably turn
1: into like
0: I'm. I'm pissed off, and when I have to stop and get gas, Mm -hmm. could you imagine? Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue.
1: Well, he forced her to drive him to the ATM to withdraw five hundred dollars, but the transaction was declined. Same. That shit would happen to me too. And I'm not sure why. Maybe it was the amount of money, Mm -hmm. or what? Who knows. So then she drove to another bank and attempted to withdraw money. This was also declined. She broke. I don't. Well, I don't know if they have. She had the money. If it was a limit or they. Pro- I was going to say I they have. have, no have my idea. bank has a limit
0: on how much you can withdraw.
1: Yeah, a lot of them do. You would think he would maybe know if he's done this before, but I don't, I couldn't find why it was declining. Because you would think she would say, I don't have that much. He probably
0: thinks she's doing it on purpose.
1: He probably does. Yeah, that's speculation. But he probably does think she's like doing it Like typing in purpose. the wrong PIN
0: number or whatever. And, yeah. <clears throat> and maybe she was.
1: Yeah, his last stop was at Huntington Bank. So, another one. At 10.14 p.m. In the meantime, Reagan's family was worried. While she was at work, she texted her dad and told him she would call him right after she left work. So he was immediately expecting a call. So when she didn't call, her parents spent the rest of the night trying to get a hold of her with no success. And remember, they're in Florida. There's Their hands are a little tied because they don't know she's missing. They're just like, this is weird. Around 2 a.m., her phone totally died. (sighs) Her parents contacted the school and found out she did not attend any of her classes the next day. Oh, gosh. So a missing person report was filed and news of her disappearance was spread through local news and social media. The day after, someone in a local park discovered a lifeless nude woman's body and called the police. The body had a tattoo and was wearing a necklace, which helped detectives identify her this was Reagan. When the autopsy was performed, two bullets were recovered from her head and one was fired at close range. She had also been sexually assaulted. Reagan didn't have any enemies, but a few days before her murder, she had broken up with her college boyfriend. From what I read, it wasn't anything major. They just wanted to focus on their schoolwork. Of course, the police thought that maybe he was You know, had something to do with it, but he had a rock-solid alibi, so it wasn't – they didn't think it was him. There was a break in the case when a digital reader that was attached to a garbage truck captured the front license plate of Reagan's car after it was abandoned, which I had no idea garbage trucks had any digital readers on them. No. I don't even know how this came to be, but they found her car in Southeast Columbus – and in the back of the car and on the ground beside the car were cigarette butts. They weren't hers, so they took those in for DNA. There was also a gas can inside the car. Wouldn't you know it, the DNA from the cigarette butts came back with a match, and it matched a man named Brian Lee Goldsby. And guess what? Brian had a really long rap sheet. Brian Goldsby was born on January 26th, 1988. He said that he had an abusive mother and was affected by drug and alcohol abuse. He also claimed to have experienced a rape when he was younger, but I will say he's given inconsistent stories about this. So the prosecutors were disputing these things. I We don't know if it's true or not. He started getting into trouble when he was a juvenile. It started off small. He got caught trespassing, receiving stolen property, theft, shoplifting, and then he threatened his mom with a knife. So he was escalating, you know? Yeah. His crimes only got much worse from there. And I am about to quickly talk about his sex crimes involving children. I hate this. I'm not going to get much into it. Skip a few minutes if you'd like. I'm just going to kind of just give you the, the quick facts. So... He was a member of the Crips gang during his youth.
0: Shut up.
1: What? You know
0: him? The case – no. First of all, no. Okay. The case I'm going to tell you about, they're a part of the Crips in Ohio. I had no
1: idea that was – I didn't Much of a thing in Ohio. I had no clue. That's random. Very random. I had no idea. When I read that, I'm like, okay, is he lying about that? No, mine too. Well, he said he was in the gang during his youth, and he also raped children. I'm talking young children. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, that's enough. In November of 2010, he kidnapped a woman who was eight months pregnant, and he kidnapped her two-year-old son, too. He put a knife to her throat and then threatened her child's life. Then he orally raped her in front of the child.
0: Oh my God. Trash.
1: I mean, worse than trash, but just... When someone does stuff like this, I'm like, there's no... No. There's no empathy. Something's missing in his... (laughs) Uh, So after he raped her, he forced her to drive to several ATMs to withdraw money. Then he made her drive him back to her house where he raped her again and stole her DVD player. Yeah, this guy. (sighs) This is heartbreaking. She refused to testify against him because she was terrified of him. And I mean, I don't blame her. He was willing to do all that. She probably. He was willing to do that to her in front of her little child. There's. I would be terrified of him too. So, she thought there was a chance he'd get out and he'd come after her and her son again. So, she was just like, look, I'm not testifying. I'm terrified of him. Right. He pleaded down to robbery and attempted rape in May of 2011 and was sentenced to six years in prison for the robbery and six years for the attempted rape. But guess what? Those ran concurrently. So, this means he would be incarcerated for a total of six years instead of 12 makes no sense to me. I mean it makes sense, but it's I'm it's ridiculous. He was released in November of twenty sixteen. So he served five and a half years for kidnapping her, robbing her, raping her, threatening to kill her, etc, etc, etc. So he did not even exhibit good behavior in prison. And he got out early. He got out six months early. Yeah. He, in prison, he committed 52 infractions, including fighting, stealing, refusing to obey orders, and possessing contraband. He had been switched to different penitentiaries several times because he was always causing trouble. So once he was released, he was given a GPS tracking device by a reentry program for ex-offenders called Alvis. But Alvis did not actively monitor him. He lived in a temporary housing center that was run by the EXIT program, and they also did not monitor him. He was able to come and go as he pleased. He did not have to check in or anything at all. Basically, the only caveat – the only thing was he had a curfew of 10 p.m. at night. That, and okay, okay. if he broke the curfew – Oh, you don't need to break your – it was a slap on the wrist.
0: But it's like, is somebody going to be sitting outside his house at no, 10 p.m.? No, and they weren't. Right. So. And they weren't.
1: So he had a parole officer, of course. But guess what? This third – so he had, he has the GPS monitor. He's not being monitored by this reentry program that isn't monitoring him. And he has a parole officer that is not monitoring him. He violated parole several times and committed six – robberies during this without ever being sent to jail Uh -uh. it's baffling to me i'm just like what 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 was he they're like "Eh, i don't know i don't know the reason i don't so in one instance in one of these instances where he did not have to go to jail he abducted a man forced him to drive to an atm at gunpoint and made him withdraw five hundred dollars another time he pistol whipped a woman just to steal 38 bucks from her.
0: I hate this guy. He's just
1: like getting fines and slaps on the wrist. It doesn't, yeah.
0: There's no repercussions. He
1: didn't go to jail for any of this. On the evening of February 8th, the day Reagan went to work at the bodega, he was roaming the city of Columbus just searching for a victim. Since he had a GPS tracker, which was an ankle bracelet, they found out later that he was walking around OSU's campus Then got on a bus and headed downtown. So it's like he was tracked after the fact of all – you know what I mean? He spent about an hour walking around in circles near the bodega. When he saw her leaving the bodega around 9.45 p.m., he followed her and that's when he forced her into his – or into her own car at gunpoint and abducted her. So it's like he was just waiting. Yeah, he was just looking around and roaming around. Nothing to do. Nothing to do but roam around and kidnap people. It's just wild. He was arrested on February 11th, around 4 a.m. by SWAT officers. When the police interrogated him, he said that he just wanted money and claimed that he, after he robbed her, he left her alive at the park. Not true, obviously. Well, the police ended up tricking him into naming. This will be a little confusing, but I'll kind of break it down after. So they tricked him into naming a fictional accomplice. And they were able to implicate him based on the description of events. So basically, they suggested to him, well, you must have had an accomplice because this was just a lot of work and blah, blah, blah. So that's when he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And he made up a story about this fake guy named TJ that made him do all of this stuff. So they pretended to believe him to keep him talking. So he was like kind of saying, Oh, well, TJ did this, this, this. And really they knew it was him, Mm -hmm. but he is believed to have raped her before for, before forcing her to drive to the first ATM. After the first ATM, they stopped at two gas stations. So I don't know what happened there. I don't know if she got the gas because maybe she, obviously she needed gas. Uh, if, I mean, if someone has a gun to your head, there's right. You're going to do whatever they say. Yeah, exactly. And then he made her drive to the Scioto – I might be saying that wrong – Scioto Grove Metro Park. He had her park the car and take off all of her clothes. Then he made her walk into a field, and her last words were, I just want to live. (gasps) Then he shot her in the head twice, one at the back of the head and the other through the side of her face at close range. Super close range, which is important for evidence purposes. But then he took his car to his girlfriend's house. Yes, he had a girlfriend. And together they went to McDonald's at 1.45 a.m. So he brutally, he rapes and murders this girl. Then there, he wants McDonald's. Then he needs
0: a Big Mac. What? <sighs>
1: He gave his girlfriend Reagan's black Kate Spade purse and white wallet as a gift. So he took her stuff, gives it to his girlfriend. He later disposed of the gun and shell casings in a sewer and then attempted and failed to set her car on fire. So that's why the gas can was in there. Well, while he was in jail, he also confessed to a friend and the mother of his child that he murdered Reagan. The trial began on March 5th, 2018. Franklin County District Attorney Ron O'Brien told jurors in his opening statement that Reagan Tokes experienced a night of terror and that she was a psychology major who never made it to graduation because she was executed at point-blank range by a handgun. On the second day, jurors were given a tour of where Tokes went the night of her murder, including the bodega in the park. They viewed crime scene photos and heard from the witness who discovered Reagan's body. And from a detective as well, on March 8th, prosecutors showed a video of Brian's interrogation by Detective Forney. On the final day of the trial, forensic scientists testified that Brian's sperm was found in Reagan's body and that Reagan's DNA was inside the gun barrel because it was at such a close oh my God. range. That's it, horrifying. I, yeah. Both Brian's friend and the mother of his child testified about his confessions to them. So Brian Goldsby was conv- convicted on all counts on March 13th, which would have been Reagan's 23rd birthday. The jury couldn't agree on the death penalty, so he was sentenced to life in prison, and he's currently incarcerated at the Ohio State Penitentiary, which is a supermax prison in Youngstown. After her death, Reagan's parents and sister accepted a diploma from Ohio State on her behalf, They also began the Reagan-Delaney-Tokes Memorial Foundation, which aims to help students go to college, teach self-defense, and reduce overall crime. A tranquility garden was dedicated in Reagan's memory at the Ciodo Grove Metro Park. A plaque in her favorite color, Tiffany Blue, reads, In memory of a life so beautifully lived and a heart so deeply loved. In memory of their daughter, the Tokes successfully pushed through legislation reforms in Ohio's sentencing and parole systems, signed into Ohio law December 21st, 2018, the Reagan-Tokes Act allows a judge to sentence a violent offender to a range of years in prison rather than a set sentence. Her mother, Lisa, said, quote, Our daughter was an incredibly kind, giving, caring ind- individual who is beautiful on the inside and outside. She was meant to have an impact in the world, And she still has and still is. Lives will be saved due to the Reagan Tokes Act. Yeah. So I got most of my info from a medium article by Brianna Bennett, the Supreme Court Records, and Ohio Court News. But just. That's devastating. I mean, they screwed up the the system, quote unquote. Mistakes were made. So many. So many. It's like, not just one. No. Multiple. It's like this guy was. Registered, he had a GPS monitor. He lived in a in a pro a reentry program. He had a parole officer, and he's doing all this. Doesn't go to jail once, and then of course he's gonna. I don't know.
0: It's like people dropping the ball in their part mm-hmm. caused yeah this girl's murder. I
1: mean, at the end of the day, one hundred percent, he did the crime. Of I'm not saying sure. Yeah, he it's he's guilty obviously, but. He should have been <laughs> – Your job is
0: to monitor He shouldn't –
1: yeah. It's like this guy should not just have
0: uh, – I don't been know. Been footloose and fancy free. Yeah.
1: Ugh. It's like that's a red flag if his GPS monitor was like he's been roaming around a college campus for an hour. Why? He doesn't go to college. He doesn't work there. Why is he on the campus?
0: Right. Just – I don't – There were a lot of flags that should yeah, have been – I don't work
1: in that – Field, so I don't know how it goes, but it's just, it's, yeah, too, too many mistakes f- were made. And luckily they're pushing for reform in the Ohio laws, which is obviously needed, but anyway.
0: Well, let's take a break. Let's take an AC break. Because once I start my case, oh, boy. everybody listening is going to stab their ear holes no, out. It uh- is Probably the worst case that I've ever covered. Oh, gosh. I know I say that every week, but I just keep finding the worst possible humans to tell you guys about. It
1: baffles me. They keep coming. It's well. Okay. Buckle up, bitches. All right. Okay. You want to crack into
0: your case? So, there is a documentary called Goodnight Sugar Babe on Amazon. Hmm. And Full Disclosure, blah blah, blah 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 Lacey got me drunk off that gimlet. Don't blame me. Full Disclosure, I did not watch it. I tried to, but it said it wasn't available at this time. I don't know. But if you've seen it, you're probably scarred for life. From what I've heard and read, it's a doozy.
1: Hmm. Anyhow.
0: I did read several articles about this case, and fair warning, there are a lot of things that I'm going to talk about that are very hard to hear, and just when you think you've heard the worst of it, I'll tell you something even more incredibly fucked up.
1: Does it involve children? Here it goes. Oh, boy.
0: Sherry Lynn Brooks, or Sugar Babe, mm-hmm. as she was nicknamed by her father, Was an enormous piece of shit. (laughs) Wait, I'm skipping ahead. Okay. Sherry had a terrible childhood. Please hold all sympathy for the end of my story. Trust me. Her father sexually abused her, and her mother just allowed this to happen. Her dad started calling her sugar babe, which she seemed to be very proud of. I know what you're thinking. I'm being very unsympathetic. But I'm not. I mean, I feel terrible for a five-year-old Sherry. Right. Ten-year-old I mean, Sherry. Of course.
1: Her as a child, that's that's yes. horrible. That's absolutely horrible. That doesn't excuse
0: later actions. actions. Yeah. So Sherry and her siblings were eventually taken from their parents for the abuse they were enduring. And every single one of them were adopted from foster care, but not Sherry. Oh my gosh. Which is incredibly sad.
1: How, what, there
0: were five of them total. Hmm. So four siblings were all adopted out to families, mm-hmm. but Sherry aged out, which is horrible. And she would end up moving back in with her father. Oh my god, The abuser. Yeah. This abuse picks right back up and she was in a somewhat consensual sexual relationship with her father. Her first relationship, quote unquote, with a man was with her first cousin, like her mother's sister's wow. son. The dad would come over to their house and mm. make him get out of bed so he could get in bed with Sherry. Oh, my gosh. It's disgusting, I know.
1: There is something about incest that is just so,
0: ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So these two, Sherry and her first cousin, Mm. would go on to have a son in in 1981, they named Scotty. Their relationship would end, and he would eventually go to prison for murdering his next partner. Sherry then meets a new guy named Michael. They have three more children together. That relationship ends. Next, she moves on to Kevin, and they have four children. So there's a total of nine children Sherry has had. All of these babies would end up at one time or another being taken away by CPS Mm. due to sexual or physical abuse. She would have one kid taken (sighs) away by CPS, and she would just have another baby. And when that one got taken away... She would have another one. So, this is oh years. God. Who was sexually abusing them? She was. <gasps> well, wow.
1: it's, it's the sick cycle. It's, oh, gosh. Oh.
0: Sherry's sister walked into her home one time while she was giving little Scotty a bath. <sighs> and she was holding, he was a baby, like months old. And she was holding him above the tub With his genitals in her mouth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of all nine children, she had two little girls, Maria and little Sherry. (sighs) These were the two that Sherry could not keep her hands off of. She was obsessed with having a baby girl. Little Maria was taken away in 1987 when she was just a year old. (sighs) At one point, Sherry had been changing her diaper, and a friend was there and saw blood. Oh, my God. She tells Sherry, you have to take her to the emergency room. Sherry tells her, you know, there was a guy staying with us, so he must have been the one that done that to her. Oh. There was, like, 20 people in this house. Like, there's people in and out, just couch surfing, So these two women take little Maria to the hospital. The hospital files a report, but they allowed Maria to leave with them. They go straight to Sherry's mother's house when they leave and ask her if she would keep her overnight, which was kind of a surprise because she was obsessed with her baby, but Grandma kept her. The next morning, the police show up at her house. They tell her they got a call that she had kidnapped Maria. So Sherry did this Mm -hmm. to create a diversion about the sexual assault and get the heat off of her. Maria would eventually be taken out of the home by Child Protective Services and never returned. So I hope that her and her little sister Sherry were adopted by a great family and are far, far away from these lunatics. So anyways, they live in an apartment complex at this time and their neighbors... Also had a little girl, same age as Maria. Her name was Vera Jo. So Vera Jo Regal was born July 11th, 1986. She loved to sing along to country music, and Dolly Parton was one of her favorites. Sherry became obsessed with her to the point where she asked her mother if she could have her. Uh, Her mom was like, what the fuck? No, you can't have my kid. What? What? Yes, I, I mean I can't even. Oh my god! Can't even imagine. Sadly, little Vera was also molested and raped by her father. She ended up moving in with an aunt. Wait! Oh my
1: god! So set, totally separate family. Totally separate family. Oh
0: my goodness! Like Ohio, get your life together.
1: The the sad thing is it's it's it's
0: everywhere. everywhere. It's all it's, yes. It's, it's everywhere. Oh, that is. So, she would end up moving in with an aunt after this is discovered, <sighs> and her mother knew about this abuse and did nothing to stop him. She was diagnosed with a de- developmental delay and cognitive impairment and an okay. attention deficit disorder. She participated in multiple Special Olympic events and would go on to graduate high school in 2005, despite having the emotional capacity of an eight-year-old. This is Vera. Vera. Okay. Yes. She never complained about anything, always wanted to help. Mm. So after graduation, Vera was unable to find a job and was placed on government assistance, like social security mm-hmm. or when she was 19, she met Zachary Brooks. Zachary just happened to be Sherry's son. He was 13. I know that sounds gross because Vera is 19, and by all intents and purposes, she is entirely too old for him, but she has the mental capacity of an eight-year-old. She is developmentally delayed, so she's not your typical 19-year-old in college. Sherry had instructed Zachary to go out with her. Oh. Apparently, this whole family also is into... The Crips, as in blue bandanas and hand signs, not the HBO classic with the creepy skeleton guy. (laughs) Crips. They called themselves the Brooks Clan. Ah, okay. Sherry is morbidly obese, wheelchair bound, type 2 diabetic, like her feet are wrapped in seeping and oozing, elephantatus looking heaps of rotten flesh. They're disgusting. This will be important later. Okay. <laughs> She's like, okay. Vera would end up moving in with Zachary and his family. And this home was a trash can. I mean, it looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. It's gross. There's a pig that lives inside the house with them and just poops wherever it wants. And Sherry makes Vera sleep in a closet what? with this damn pig. Yes. Yes. But she's dating her... 13-year-old son and moves in (sighs) with Sherry and her children. Yeah. Okay. And she basically becomes Sherry's slave. Her main job was to wash and take care of Sherry's feet. Oh, my Lord. They are swollen and disgusting and kept wrapped in ACE bandages at all times. And she has severe nerve damage. And part of her therapy is daily foot rubs. So Vera would massage her feet, and if it didn't feel good or she didn't do it right, Sherry would hit her in the face. My Lord. Vera was beaten by everyone in the house, especially Zachary. Anytime Vera called 911, by the time the police got there and talked to her, the family had already talked her into saying that it was an accident oh, or she gosh. fell. Yeah. They would always question her in front of the family members.
1: Okay. Why would you do that? Exactly. Don't they know better?
0: They're thinking she's no.
1: 19.
0: Not and even that she – Right. That's no reason. Yeah. You're 100% it's right. It's like
1: even domestic things, yes. never in, Pull me interview aside. people yeah. in
0: front of who could be abusing them. That, I mean, hmm. she's the same age as mentally as Max. That makes – No sense when people do that. And she's terrified of everybody in the house. She doesn't understand... Of course not. ...that she can just leave. Yeah.
1: No. Ugh.
0: Vera's disability check was going to Sherry and being cashed by Sherry. Of course it was. No one in this house was working. Everybody was on disability or social security living off the government. And before long, Vera becomes pregnant with Zachary's baby. Oh. At this point... She is 22, Zachary is 16. Ugh. Sherry tells her, "If it's a boy, you can keep him. But if it's a girl, she's mine." Mm-mm. Turns out that Vera was pregnant with a little girl.
1: I knew that's what you were going to say. Sherry
0: is over the moon. She would point to her stomach and tell everybody that that's her baby. Gross. And just when you think Sherry's just a maybe small little tiny bit of a psychopath, it gets worse. Sherry's birthday is November the 3rd. No. She wanted the baby to be born on her birthday. Oh, I know where you're going with this. But Vera isn't due until December the 9th. No. A month after. So what does she do? Sherry forces Vera to drink three bottles of castor oil and orange juice. So this is an old wives' tale I looked it up, and apparently, two teaspoons or tablespoons is supposed to induce labor. If you're a week over, or you know,
1: not a month. I right. mean, it's what it's the? like
0: an old wives' tale, like yeah, yeah, yeah I've like heard our great grandparents right. did this. Nobody does this shit these days. Ugh. So it's a diuretic and laxative and tastes like shit, but it makes you start having contractions because you're having major diarrhea, stomach cramps. Anyways, so these three bottles that she was made to drink cause her extreme pain. She goes to the emergency room and she is in labor. Two days later, The baby is born on November the 4th, the day after Sherry's birthday. So she's a month early. There are some complications, and they have to stay in the hospital. They name her Willa Dean, and she is healthy and is gorgeous. We'll put pictures. Just beautiful baby. Vera is never allowed to touch her. If she does, They beat her. I hate this. When the baby would cry, Vera would go up to her and tell her, I'm so sorry, but I'll get in trouble if I touch you. I know, it makes me, like, tear up. The baby would sleep in Sherry's room, in Sherry's bed, which makes me want to throw up, considering what we've heard thus far. So, in September of 2010... Vera's sister calls the police and told them that she is basically being held against her will and they need to do a welfare check on her. Yeah. Vera's 24, and when they question her again in front of Sherry... Oh, no. ...she tells them she's okay. It's around this time that one of Sherry's other sons, nicknamed Punky, was killed in an accident. He was supposedly a real big person in this crypt gang, and he was walking with his girlfriend one night to pick up some drugs and was hit by a cab. Mm. Sherry accused his girlfriend, whose name was Heather, of pushing him in front of the car and would have people beat her up. This is... It's insane. Yeah, so, Zachary follows in his brother's footstep, and he joins the crypts. Sherry did put Punky's ashes in a makeshift shrine in her bedroom with a Kit Kat bar. I don't know if maybe this was his favorite candy. Whatever. So Vera sees it one day and is hungry and eats it. Not realizing it was a memento of sorts to Punky. So this whole house goes fucking bananas. Oh my God. Especially Zach. He's already done with her. And wants to break up with her. But Sherry's like, if you make her leave, she's going to take this baby. <sighs> so Zach's like, I want her out of the picture permanently. He's becoming more and more violent mm-hmm. with her. Multiple incidences where people, you know, heard him say he wanted her dead. He wanted to kill her. So, one day Vera's outside helping Sherry clean a rabbit cage, and there are bricks on top of this, and she accidentally knocks one over, and it hits her, Sherry, that is, on the foot. Sherry calls her a stupid bitch, tells the whole house that she did it on purpose. So, they beat Vera. So, remember when the story first started? I told you Sherry had married her first cousin. Well, he had a son after Sherry or before Sherry. His name was Danny. And this guy was also a giant piece of shit. He'd been in and out of prison, and with date, and within days of being released in two thousand eleven, he and his girlfriend Nicole were at a park, and there was a little kid on a swing. Nicole wanted it, so Danny snatches this little kid off of the swing and beats this child so bad what? that they are hospitalized. A child. A child. On a swing in this a park. This is absurdity. I don't, mm So he and Nicole go on the run because he's now violated his parole. And where do they go? Shithead Sherry's house. He just happens to show up right when everybody hates Vera and wants her dead. Soon as they get there, Sherry goes into the whole thing about how Vera ate the candy bar, threw a, bro- a brick on her foot, and then she makes up the biggest lie of all and tells them that Vera is the one that pushed Punky in front of the cab, and she is the reason why he is dead. Uh-huh. They're just fueling the fire. Yeah. Ugh. She also tells them that Vera has slept with every man in this house, and she's going to sleep with Danny next. She tells Nicole, his girlfriend, that. This so she hates him. Danny hates her. Sure. Everybody hates her. So, before long, these two are beating her like everybody else. At one point, they take a padlock and attach it to a belt buckle and Ugh. are swinging this belt and beating this girl. This
1: reminds me a little bit of the Sylvia Likens a thing. hundred.
0: It's slightly different. But, but it's,
1: yes. It's like a group. Yes. Just how – can this many different people be okay with torturing a human being? It's just, well, it makes me nauseous. I can't even. And a woman ringleader.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. So they also find a wooden paddle and they spank her with it to the point where she's black this and blue. Oh
1: no, my gosh,
0: this is. They would get off on this, they would beat her and go have I
1: sex. This is the grossest, most disturbing case. By I far, told you've you. Told me. I
0: told you. I hate every word coming out of my mouth.
1: Oh my gosh! This is
0: Sherry would allegedly yell out, hit her harder. who I just encouraging the beatings. But this wasn't enough. They also sexually abused Vera. <sighs> it's around this time that Sherry's other son, Michael, and his girlfriend found out that she was pregnant too. So this entire house of crazy people set off a can of mace in the upstairs bedroom. Michael's girlfriend ends up going to the emergency room because of this and has a miscarriage. What do they do? Blame Vera. Said Vera did it. So it's like every person in the house, Sherry is, it's like a game of chess. She's figuring out how to make every single person in this house hate vera to the point where they want her dead
1: and she's their literal punching bag
0: literally so she's zach punky is dead then Mm -hmm. danny and his girlfriend now she's got them on board and so michael's left with his girlfriend who's pregnant and they do this and blame it on her so now he and his girlfriend hate her so it's like she's just making moves to where everybody hates this poor girl so the night before Vera is killed, Sherry gets all of them together to come up with a cover story, if you will. The youngest of Sherry's son, who still lives in the house, is around 13. He goes outside, picks up some dog poop from the yard, and forces Vera <sighs> to eat it. A
1: 13-year-old boy just...
0: Yeah. And this isn't the first time this happened. This had happened before, where he had forced her to eat dog shit. It's like
1: Sherry wants her children to be yes. psychopaths. yes.
0: Nicole and Danny take Vera into the bathroom and sodomize her with a plunger. Oh, my. When they see that she is on her period, they then rape her with a toothbrush. What? To get blood on it and then force her to brush her teeth with it. Oh, my. It's horrifying. I told you, this case fucking sucks. At this point, everybody knows that they're going to kill her. Who Everybody knows. Thanks thinks of this? I know. These tort... Uh, it's awful.
1: I really am speechless here. I don't know. Mm.
0: The next day, they have been on drug binge for days and days and days. All the drugs and alcohol. This is definitely premeditated murder. So Danny tells Vera, go put your shoes on. And she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to go anywhere with him. His girlfriend, Nicole, yells at her, put your fucking shoes on. Zach tells her, I'm going to go with you. She looks at Scotty, who is another son that lives there, the oldest son. And she asks him, will you come with me? Because she trusts him and he's never done anything to her. And so she tells her, okay, I'll go get my shoes. Zach stops Scotty on the stairs and tells her, you're not allowed to go because we're going to kill her. And we don't want you to be involved. Then Sherry stops Zach and tells him, you're not going either. I don't want you anywhere near this. She didn't want her kids. Of course not. To be Of course involved. not. Yeah. She doesn't want them implicated at all. So Vera walks over to Sherry and tells her, good night, sugar babe. Which is where the title of the documentary mm. comes from in the book. And then she leaves with Danny and Nicole. They walk her down the street to a train track. And use a butcher's knife they had taken from the house to start stabbing her. But the knife is not sharp enough to penetrate her coat, so they force her to strip naked. She is stabbed 21 times. They cut her throat from ear to ear, put her body across the train tracks, and leave her to die. So the train will run her over, and all evidence will be destroyed.
1: They're clearly not very... mm.
0: They go back home, get drunk in celebration. Nicole's bragging about the murder. Zach gets drunk. It's a nightmare. So around 3 a.m., a train comes along and sees something on the track and starts to slow down. And her body is not exactly on the track. It was kind of in between the tracks, like... You know, show tra- yeah. and um, So train track runs like, like she was in the middle. She was –
1: her body was in between, in between the, the sides of the, the tracks. The sides of the
0: tracks. Okay. And yeah. she was balled up in a fetal position. The train conductor thought it was a deer. But uh-huh. it, the closer he gets, yeah. she's covered in blood. Yeah. So her body wasn't exactly on the tracks. It was just kind of in between the tracks. She wasn't dead when they left her on the tracks. And she – had just enough life left in her that she was able to drag herself off the tracks. Are you serious? And ball up in the fetal position.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: When investigators found her, there were no clothes on, and she had no identification, and they had no leads. They did find all of her bloody clothes around. They didn't even pick up the shit. They just left it wherever she threw it. Mm. But security cameras did catch Danny and Nicole and Vera walking towards the tracks that night. They arrested Danny, and he admitted to taking a knife from the house, and after the murder, he threw it in a creek by the railroad tracks. They asked Sherry to identify her body. She told police that Vera's family was dead, which was a lie. She said she didn't call 911 to report it when Danny and Nicole left with Vera because she's in a wheelchair and couldn't get to her phone. Yeah. She can't wheel herself? No. And nobody would hand it to her. Sure. So the only people charged in Vera Joe's death was Danny and Nicole. The rest of the family was charged with lying to police and withholding information, but that's it. No assault charges, not conspiracy to commit murder, Nothing. The day after Vera's body was found, Sherry called social services to get Zach full custody of baby Willa. They scheduled a supervised visitation with his daughter, but the baby was hysterical and wanted nothing to do with him.
1: I mean, this house was probably chaos 100% at oh the time. Yes.
0: <sighs> he didn't even show up to a second visit. She was taken out of the home immediately and was adopted by a loving family. Zach would go on to do four years for a prior offense in 2011, so around five months after her death. Sherry got five years probation for obstruction having to do with a drug case, not even anything to do with this. Drug trafficking charges. Mm -hmm. But she was released in 2019. Nicole got 23 years for the murder of Vera and Danny got life. Sherry did die in February of 2021.
1: Honestly, the more and more you were describing it, I was thinking of that family from the Texas Chainsaw. You know what 100% I mean? One hundred percent.
0: just like... Wh- you hit the nail on the head. When you see the pictures of this family... You're like, oh my God.
1: And I'm not trying to be... <sighs> no, I'm classist not... Classist no, or whatever.
0: no. But they're... They're scary people. Look at the shit that they did. And the thing I don't get either, it's like
1: she needed Vera to freaking clean her wounds and her feet. Now, then who was going to do it? If they...
0: They She wanted that baby. That's it. Just... It's heartbreaking.
1: Oh Well, this was the worst thing I've ever heard. I know. I'm sorry. I told you. Now I'm like... I know. Wow. I'm... It's a good thing you didn't watch that, and I am not watching that. That's what
0: I said. I, stuff like this, I cannot. I well, can't watch it. I heard about the case because if you'll remember a couple episodes back, I said, here is a list of all the documentaries. The top ten documentaries. I remember you knew that. This was one of them. And I was like, oh, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this. So then I tried to find it, found it on Amazon, but it said it wasn't available at this time. So I was like, well shit. So then I started because that's where I was gonna get my information from is from the documentary. So then I was like, well. So then I started looking and finding other articles, and there are 900 podcasts about this. And every single person that's watched the documentary is like. Stab my eyeballs out! It's awful. That's why I'm like, if you've seen this, you're probably scarred for life.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely. Not. I'm even like, I've never heard this case, but even podcasts, I've listened to the Sylvia Likens case. I can't. I won't listen to anything about that ever again. No, me either. I will never watch any documentary no. or anything about her. I, I read the
0: book. oh, oh it is. Well, you know, that movie, they made a movie yes. with uh, Christina and, Ricci in it.
1: And I will never watch that. Absolutely not. That's horrible. And that's the, just like ongoing torture by multiple people. And then I have to wonder, like, that 13-year-old, that, where That is he now? I mean, well, he's still young, obviously. But it's just like, it's obviously they're responsible for their own actions as adults. But it's just like that ongoing cycle of they're sexually abused and physically abused and mentally abused
0: and, it's like and you, then
1: they do it to their kids and their kids do it to their kids and it's like
0: and you almost uh, understand when you you know obviously these children lived this their entire life they didn't know anything else other than their yeah. mother being abusive sexual physical yeah, mental it's, so it's almost like They are conditioned to do everything that she says for fear of. Well,
1: sure, this is their normal. Yeah, this is their day to day life. So it's like, even though it's horrific,
0: right? So you can see where you (sighs) would go. Why didn't you stop it?
1: But if you
0: are raised thinking this is normal, I truly
1: can't even imagine. I can't
0: either. It makes me. It's
1: disgusting. I I hate. I hate
0: cycles like this. Just so this poor girl. I know. Awful. She had nobody. It really makes me want to cry. Like all she knew her entire life was that's the worst part. Abuse. There was never any happy.
1: Obviously, but yeah, that no happy, no joy.
0: No, no one ever cared about her. And then she's excited about having this baby, and to be told if you touch her, I will beat you. Hell no. That and what's
1: she gonna do? She has a whole house of people who are going to.
0: And have her and have. I mean, she has no choice. I just and in her mind, she's Max's age. She's yeah. eight. She's eight years old. Yeah, mentally. Yeah. Sorry. Let's change the subject. I'm gonna cry.
1: We're gonna. Mm, I'm gonna have to put a big warning.
0: The second half. I know. Of this is the second especially
1: half awful. Is really wow. bad. I'm sorry. Right. You owe us all an apology. <laughs> I know. No, but for real. That's ugh. And it's like, what do you do? How do we fix this? We can't fix this. But it's just – that's what – it frustrates me because I'm like, this
0: is happening right now. I can't even. I really honestly try not to think about it mm-hmm. because I'll be up all night long. <sighs> Tell me something good.
1: Oh, well, this is random, but I saw like one of our Facebook friends posted the other day, and he mentioned something like, instead of donating to X, Y, or Z, all donations are great, whatever – but he had mentioned something and I can't remember what the context was, but he works in education and he was like, if you, oh, I remember. He was like, when you're in line for Starbucks and you pay for the coffee behind you, uh-huh. that's all great. And that's, I'm not knocking sure. that, but he's like, how about also, like, if you have the means, call up your local school and say, I want to pay for a kid's lunch that, but- <sighs> Oh you, you know what I mean? Because that's so cheap. That makes me tear up. And some up. kids do not have money for lunch. Like some kids don't get to eat. And teachers often will have to pay yeah. for kids to eat for kids that can't afford it. When
0: well, we talked about this. Yeah, right recently. school like, just started back. Yeah, and Between me, you and I, yeah. And I told Lacey that Max's teacher had told the class, if you can't afford to eat, I know, it makes me tear up. Come to yeah. me. And I will pay for your lunch. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's that the last so thing a third grade baby needs to worry about is not being able to eat lunch. Uh, just And ugh. it's
1: not the teacher's job to pay for kids' lunches, but she's doing it
0: right. anyway.
1: It's just – so I'm going to, I guess, make this a challenge. I don't know what it's called, but me and you included, I think everyone listening, if you have the funds or means or – Obviously, $5. but call up yes. a local, a public school, yes, and just say, "Hey, I, how can I? Can I send you money? Can I send cash in a check or whatever? Right. If there's a, for a kid that doesn't have their lunch money,
0: for or an that outstanding week. balance, an out
1: exactly an outstanding balance, right. just something like that. Just, I mean, five bucks, but that's like some kids every day their only meal of their day I know. and if they can't don't have lunch money they can't eat lunch that was a random thought but it just occurred to me I just saw someone post that on Facebook and I'm no like, I love that that is such a good I mean I'm not knocking the Starbucks thing but no. it's like if you have the extra funds to buy an extra coffee for someone right buy a kid's lunch for the week it's I don't have kids I don't know how expensive it is it's they're like... But it adds up for parents. It's
0: like $2 a day it's, or something. That's a lot
1: for families that... Yeah. That so, have maybe
0: multiple children.
1: Yeah. So that's that's our assignment. That's everyone's assignment. And I love that so much. We also have new patrons. Yay! So we have Melanie K from the UK. Cool, She's cool. not on our board yet, but we'll have four. I have it out – you're out in the ocean right now because we only have a U.S. map. <laughs> no, we need to get we didn't know the U.K.ers would love we us. We need a map of the world. Yeah, so we need to do a U.K. crossover we episode sometime do. since they're giving us some love. We have listeners from everywhere, but our patrons from – we only have U.K. out of the U.S. Huh? Like outside of the U.S., we only have UK
0: patrons. Oh, okay. I was like, what? We have
1: listeners everywhere. Right. But yeah, anyway, we also have Stephanie E. Thank hey you, Stephanie. Stephanie. I'm not sure where she's from. I shot you a message, Stephanie. She's but like, here I am, here and that's I all am. you need to know. Thank you, Melanie and Stephanie.
0: Yes, thank you. And
1: Jeanette L. from California upped her tier level. <gasps> you didn't have to do it, but Very you did. Very cool. It. Thank, thank you, Jeanette. That's not all. She bought us a few cocktails. Jeanette was just vibing with us this week.
0: She's we like, love you, Jeanette. We love you, Jeanette. It's been a rough week.
1: So it has been. She said she likes to make anything with rum, but knows fruity drinks are not Ashley's thing. Nerp, Nerp. So she said her fallback is the vodka gimlet. So guess what I made for us to sip on today? Lacey made this. I made it for, yeah. And she did a she did a live video. I did. I was... I was like I love it. 20 minutes out. I had wet hair. I'm at work mess, in my office. at work and you're like, what is Lacey doing? <laughs> I barely had the ingredients. I was just like, this might be fun because one of our friends, Alex, mentioned, he's like, y'all should do more video stuff. And I'm like, we are not tech savvy. I can't hey, edit videos. Hey, you knocked it out of the ballpark. So how about just we do live stuff and if we screw up, that's just- that's- I feel like you should-
0: do a of every time of you every make cocktail 100 oh i feel like Co- you should
1: <laughs> i'll come up with the name yeah it's like the ask ashley by the way we're a recording patron well wait you're not gonna have time but keep sending us those ask ashley's for next month okay anyway i made the vodka gimlets I it was don- good only ever had them with gin before it's nice to try something different it was just vodka lime juice And simple syrup, but I used agave nectar. That's it. Hey, you know what? I
0: was a little hesitant, but- It was strong. It it, was a stiff drink. We needed it for my
1: episode. Or my story. We sure did. And we also got three more cocktails from Dawn. Actually, they're from her son, Declan. Thank you, Declan. Thank you, Declan. Her message said this, Love your show, but these drinks are from my son, Declan. We only recently found your podcast, and we were on the Yardley Love episode. Well, he's a lacrosse player who plays in the annual benefit game in Maryland for one love, and her story has always been an important an important one to him. He wants you to know first, not only rich kids play on the East Coast, because we are far from it, and the next generation of players is working hard to make sure they're better and everyone knows it. He's 13, and he said have a drink on him to hopefully improve your view of the kids that play the greatest sport. First off, of course, thank you for the drinks, Declan. Very
0: sweet, Declan. Very thank sweet. You. We
1: appreciate you reaching out, and we did generalize. I I didn't re listen. We I said something. Yeah, we generalized it, and we're sorry for that. We didn't mean it. Like you know, we know. In,
0: in our defense, oh, I think no. I covered her case. Um, I don't know a lot about lacrosse because yeah. I don't know. We we <gasps> do not most of the schools in the south. Football is huge here. Yeah. Lacrosse is not. And so whenever I was doing my case and doing some reading on lacrosse and the sport in general of it, it was predominantly East Coast and all the schools and colleges that were listed were very predominant schools or private colleges Mm -hmm. and things. So I probably did generalize it. Yeah. And every
1: state does have lacrosse. We're kind of just – in our Arkansas bubble. There are schools here that play lacrosse, but most of them, not all of them, obviously, but most of them around us in Little Rock are private or Christian schools. So I think that's kind of what we think about. Like I see, I live down the street from a private school and they're always playing lacrosse. And a lot of the public schools don't have it in Arkansas. I didn't grow up with any. So I'm just thinking of it from my little Arkansas bubble
0: so we apologize. We love lacrosse players we everywhere. I think it's
1: great. Yeah, that even you if you are rich, I lo- <laughs> I'm not bashing that either. But like, I I love it. I don't think negatively of any anyone playing lacrosse.
0: And that is super super awesome. Yeah, that, that is you really cool. Play, that He's able to do that. Yes. For mm-hmm. for the One Love that is foundation. very very neat. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and and good luck on the season. Yeah, good luck. I – I posted about it, and I'm like, is it a season? Like, I know so – limit. I am so ignorant about it. I don't even know if they're called seasons or premieres, finales. I'm just joking.
0: Lacey doesn't know
1: I don't sports. even know football, okay? <laughs> See, I, I can't even say all Southerners like football. I do not like football or any sport except beer pong and laid-back kickball. Oh, Lacey. Flip cup. That's about it. That's my sport. Oh, boy. Anyway – We got another spooky Texas recommendation. We've been getting them in from Crystal H. She said there's a few places in Mineral Wells, Texas that have amazing haunted stories. And there's two hotels that are very, very old and haunted. And I think that's a little west of Dallas. I'm not super familiar with that area, but, you know. We'll have to look this up. And Andy A. suggested we check out the Limp Mansion in St. Louis. That's been on my List for years, the the scary man, or you know, she said she had no ghost action, but she'd do it again. She sounds like you. Yeah, that's me. I'm like nothing scary happened, but you know, I might hunt for some demons. (laughs) (laughs) And let's see, we got a gift in the mail.
0: Oh my gosh! From our
1: listener Jacqueline, who is a cookie decorator in the Red Bay, Russellville, Alabama area.
0: I cannot even wait.
1: So when we got her package in, I knew what it was. I didn't know what the designs would be. I didn't I want I didn't want to open them without you. So we'll post pics and link up her Instagram so you can check out her amazing cookies. She I makes the cutest wait. stuff. After we record this, we're going to go downstairs and dig in. She even gave one for Max. I think Aww. they're spooky themed, so I'm excited. I'm so excited and I can't wait to taste them cuz I love a good sweet. Oh. And we just now, like an hour ago, got a couple of cocktails from Jesse G. We have all the updates. We're going to be drunk
0: for the next... Yeah, what in the world? We got to... Lo- I don't care. I, I, do it again. Do I it have again. a stressful job. By the time I get here like, on Wednesdays, yeah, right, I'm me, like, give me, give me some me booze. With-
1: she said, fabulous four o, Happy birthday to me. This is my cousin. She said, I love you, Lacey, but both of you ladies are amazing. I almost hate to listen because I'm not patient and don't want to be caught up. Oh boy, there's a... Airplane coming down on us. Let's start barking at it. And she doesn't want to wait and wait until the next week. She said, also, I think it's about time to have a guest star just saying, referring to herself. <laughs> I'd love for you to have a fancy Bloody Mary. Mary. But I know it's not up everyone's alley. Just drink something fun and different. Or a 40 for your girl. I promise I'm not drunk right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. And Thank I will you. not drink a 40. That's for damn sure.
0: Like you can have a 40 of
1: a White Claw. Yeah, I don't do beer. But a Twisted Tea 40. Yeah,
0: whatever. Anything that's forty. <laughs> we both is-
1: like Bloody Marys. Yes. Yeah. We'll we'll
0: take a Bloody Mary. I'll
1: drink a Bloody Mary at 3 a.m. hundred. But I I like a good Bloody Mary. Oh, gosh. What? Tell me. Now I've read all the updates. What's new with you? What you got? Oh, Hmm. you said you just started binging a series. Listen. And when you told me, my face was.
0: So I, (laughs) as a 41-year-old woman, or 42, I don't know how old I am. Have never seen nor read anything to do with the Twilight Saga. Gasp. (sighs) Fight me in the comments. Gasp. I know. So, the other day, Sunday, Max gets home. His grandma drops him off. And I had been cleaning house. And so, you know, the TV's just on and it's playing. I'm not paying attention. So, I sit down to fold laundry and I look and apparently it's like, New moon, sun moon, bright moon, whatever the name of that. It's like the last, the second one, one is yeah. New moon. Okay, yeah. So it's on, and I'm like, what in the? What? And I'm thinking about what is what is going on. I knew what it was, uh-huh. but I was completely lost. So Max comes in there and he's sitting beside me, and now we're both watching it. <laughs> oh and he's God. like, what is this? I'm like, I think it's like Twilight, and. He's like, and that's a werewolf? I'm like, yeah, and that guy's a vampire. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, I know. So he's asking me all these questions. I'm like, I have no idea. I've never seen this. So he says, how many seasons are there? Uh-huh. I'm like, it's, well, it's a movie. Yeah. He's like, how many movies? I'm like, I think there's like five. He's like, well, don't you think we should start from the beginning? And I'm <laughs> like, that's a great idea. Fast forward. He has the best ideas. <sighs> Fast forward. It's now Wednesday. Oh, my God. And every night, we turn into 13-year-old girls, me and my 8-year-old son, and we pile up in my giant California King with our little Debbies, <laughs> my cocktail, his chocolate milk, and his uh-huh. bowls of popcorn, and we have binged the first three movies.
1: Oh, my God. The
0: commentary coming out of my house, you I'm would sure it's
1: hilarious. You would die.
0: Because we are literally talking to each other <laughs> like we're girlfriends. <laughs> He's like, "Oh my gosh, what happened to Jacob? He is shredded." I'm like, "Girl, shredded. I know." I'm shredded. like, "Look, well, he cut his hair off and got a tattoo." Oh my god. <sighs> Or if I've missed something, I went to the bathroom and I came back and Max was like, I was like, what happened? Well, this girl's a vampire and that's her brother. And they both want to kill Edward because he went out in the sun and was going to expose himself because he thought Bella died, but she didn't. And then Alice came and got her in this yellow Lamborghini or this... Porsche 911, that's oh, what it was. Okay. Cuz as the even yeah, cuz that. that's the Porsche 911, you know, he's a boy, so he's like there's no way that Porsche 911 is going that fast around those corners. And <gasps> why would you pick a yellow one? That is ugly. I'm like, Max, she's a vampire. Like she doesn't know
1: any better. We're
0: we're getting off track here. This is
1: oh my god. So yeah,
0: so we are completely obsessed. Well, 20 years too late about this movie and Oh, I was way – I read the books.
1: Nope. Watched the movies. Never. The books are better, obviously. But are you, I've got to ask, Team Edward, Team Jacob? Who's team? I
0: am Team Jasper. Whoa. That is a shock. He has sex on legs. He's he always looks so He's scared and He serious. looks very serious with his big old eyes. <laughs> big old eyes. He's very hot, even though he tried to attack Bella and eat her. Yeah. It, it happens. I'm just, I'm team Jasper. <sighs> I know. What about Max? He is undecided. Okay. He did ask me, mom, <laughs> if you had to pick a husband that was a werewolf or a vampire, who would you pick? And I'm like, obviously a vampire. He's like, same, werewolves would get hair everywhere and they stink. And where do they poop? And it's like he's rat right, And I'm like, and vamp- vampires live forever, and you sparkle in the sun, and look how fast you can run. He's like, man, look how fast. If I was a vampire and I played flag football, no one could touch me. That's It's hilarious. just, it's we just.
1: But now that it's I'm thinking thing. about it, if you're a human, the werewolves I don't think want to come for you. If you're a human, so they they don't kill humans, right? Whereas vampires do. I can't remember. I
0: think you're right. I
1: think they'll- So at least a werewolf wouldn't- In Twilight
0: Times. Twilight like Times. Real werewolves would want to eat you. I mean, I'm like, clearly wing, wing. you've never seen- Clearly you don't the Stephen, know. Cle- the Stephen King classic, Silver Bullet. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if we're talking Twilight, at least they wouldn't want to kill you, but- and
0: Well, and the vampires in True Blood, not all of them wanted to eat you. I didn't watch it. I tried. I didn't. I couldn't get past her accent, but anyways, her accent is so—it's very bad. I can't. It's not. It's not authentic. To it's me. very. Okay. It's, yeah. So, anyways, we are binging Twilight. We have watched the third one, and we cannot wait until we finish it. Stay tuned for updates, and that's all I got. And
1: oh, I finished Devil in Ohio oh, in shit. time
0: for our Ohio How, episode. What, what is it? How is it? What is it? I give it a solid meh. Oh,
1: shit. Yeah. uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's okay as a background show. Like, if you need to type your notes for next episode and you need something on. In my opinion, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. That's just my take. That's just my take. You know. It is what it is. It's not the worst, but I was expecting more. I will give, we're going to do this thing where we start giving ratings on our Instagram because mm-hmm, we think mm-hmm. we're critics, apparently. I mean. And I'll give you my full detailed version of it this <laughs> Friday or Can't I already have because this is in the future. I've already given my opinion on, on Instagram <laughs> and it went over well, went over well. Anyway, anything else you got?
0: That's all I got. We've talked your ears off. And we're recording Patreon tomorrow?
1: Yes, we're recording Patreon, so we'll be releasing that super soon. Like, basically, when you listen to this, right after that, we have a theme of revenge. I'm going to be talking about Robert the Doll. Ashley's going to be talking about... The things she's watching and the
0: Memphis. I'm going to talk about Eliza Fletcher. Eliza
1: Fletcher from Memphis. From Memphis. Mm-hmm.
0: And also my House of Hammer hot takes. The hot takes on that. Yeah. So we got a lot. Yeah, we we'll uh, a lot. And we got some other things up our sleeves. Maybe I'll have to – well, I don't have all the ingredients for Bloody Mary. I'll have
1: to do another cocktail. Girl, for the go patron. to the store tomorrow.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. And where are we next week? I don't remember. South Carolina. South Carolina. All right. Boom. Bye. Goodbye.